is a weight loss nutritionist specializing in women over 40. Through her successful 15-year nutrition career, Sue saw that women are more confused in the world than ever before when it comes to losing weight and keeping it off. She created a virtual company called Carpenter 180, whose mission is to provide programs to lose weight without hunger while enjoying favorite foods. Sue is the CEO and founder of Carpenter 180, as well as the creator of the Carpenter 180 method. And I'm going to turn it over to Sue to share her tips now for us when it comes to the power of nutrition. Oh, well, thank you for having me, Jackie. It's my honor to get to be here talking with all of you today. So, and also I did want to say, Prajatka, that was an incredible presentation that you made. I was so impressed by that. And I feel like if you didn't take incredible notes, everybody should go back and re-listen to that and jot down those points because it was phenomenal. And I love that I get to come on side behind a conversation about digestive health because I feel so strongly that your health is your greatest wealth. And so many of our problems are developing through our digestive tract. And where I specialize is taking incredible knowledge like she just gave us. And then we understand what to do. Now we have to understand how to do it because I believe there's a difference between knowing what to do, but knowing how to do it. And that can be very, very complicated. So I'm a former first grade teacher and I have this superpower in understanding how we learn that once I understand science, I can speak it in a way that a first grader gets it. And for those of us that are trying to lose weight or trying to develop a healthier relationship with food, some of the sciencey terms that are maybe not so necessary can get too confusing because the diet industry is huge and seven out of 10 Americans are overweight right now. And it's only getting worse. We're not solving the problem. And it's this confusion and this overwhelm that is almost getting us paralyzed before we're ready to take action. So I love this conversation that we're going to have today, which is dispelling the myth that carbs make you fat. So everybody that is here, I'm kind of playing around in the chat and I want you to play with me. Um, that way I can see what you're, what you're thinking as we go. So I'm gonna ask you a question. I would love for everybody to just really quick with quick answers, just respond. So here we go. I want to know by just a show of hands or thumbs up or me, who here today has tried to lose weight before in the past? Just go ahead and me, I see it starting. Don't be shy, this is just for fun. We'll see how many people can jump in here because I'm gonna ask a few questions. There we go. Okay, so now, all right, I can see all of you, great. Okay, so who has tried to cut out carbs to lose weight in the past? Mm -hmm. There we go, cute, Rachel, I see your hand went up, Tina, yep. Okay, all right, so here's gonna be a fun one. Just, just play, There's, I'm not gonna be like, ah, you were wrong, I won't do any of that. But how many carbs do you think you should be eating to lose weight? Now, when I do this live presentation, like in front of, um, a like a, a 
you know, room full of people, I, I'll have them cover their eyes and they'll raise their hand. And then I'll ask this question, how many carbs should you be eating to lose weight? And there we go. I see, I'm not really sure. And that's what I see in large audiences too. It's almost like people are going like this. Are you going to answer? I don't know. Okay. So then now let's do another one. How many calories should you be eating to lose weight? And just make a guess. Thank you for guessing. Just go ahead and keep guessing. Okay. So, and keep doing it. Keep typing in these answers. Okay. So on average, we understand calories and it just like I see here, most people are going to say 1,000, 1,200, 1,600. And the average, depending on activity factor, is it averages 12 to 1600 calories. All I'm trying to say is, and for men it's more, but I'm just trying to say we kind of have an understanding of calorie. So as a culture, we're cutting calories and um, people are cutting out carbs, but they don't really know we understand cutting out calories for weight loss, but people are cutting out carbs. And even to your point, and as I, I get in so many of my presentations, people really don't know um, the amount of carbohydrates they should be having. So let's play another game. What does um, something that's like five calories look like? What food or item would be five calories? I know you're kind of cup of coffee, no sugar, milk, lettuce, okay. Yep, you kind of have the idea of what five would be. Yep, piece of gum, a blueberry, carrot. I get that. Those are pretty standard answers. Okay, how about another one? What would a thousand calories look like? You guys are doing such a good job playing with me. Thank you. What would a thousand be? What do you think? Cupcake, a big cupcake, yeah. Burger and fries. Mm-hmm. Okay, and oftentimes I get burger and fries or milkshake and burger and fries. That would be, yeah. So again, I'm kind of wanting to just show that you guys have a general idea of what the value of, of calories would be. So then people are just obsessed though. Wouldn't you agree with not eating carbs? Aren't we hearing a lot about that right now? And it's so funny because who can tell me what, five grams of a carbohydrate would be. And this is a perfectly fine answer because all of a sudden you're like, I don't know what five grams of a carbohydrate would be. Okay, this is great. This is exactly what I would, I get is we don't know. Okay, so how about what would 150 grams of a carbohydrate look like? Okay. Yeah, totally fine that you don't know. Most don't. And this is a lot of what I do is I'm teaching the stuff about nutrition that we should have been taught when we were in high school, that we were never taught. And so because we don't understand, we're, we're really overwhelmed. Yes, I did mean what type of food. So, you know, when we were in school, our teacher taught us numbers. And then because we understood the value of numbers, one through 10, 10 to 100, we were able to understand money. So when our teacher introduced $10 as part of $100, you were able to understand if that was expensive or if that was not. Likewise, if you have $100 to spend and a sweater costs $90 and you are able to make a decision of do I want to purchase this or not, 
because you understand what part of 100 that $90 is. So I try to do the same with carbohydrates because I want to dispel the myth that carbs make you fat. So I want to explain the science of why you need carbs. So you might want to take down some notes and I want you to learn like kind of what carbs cost your body. And I want you to understand that you need carbs and that. And then I want you also to understand why too much carbohydrate can be detrimental if you want to lose weight. And see if we can't take this conversation forward. So first off, we have to define what a carbohydrate is. So people say they cut carbs all the time to me when they're trying to lose weight. Like I eat healthy, I know what to do, I cut carbs. But I see them eating carbohydrates often. And so what it tells me is they're cutting starch as a carbohydrate, but they don't understand all the parts that make up carbohydrates. So let's pretend that we can break food down into seven different types of groups. So we have four of them that can quantify in a carbohydrate. So we've got starch, which those are the ones that you recognize easily as a carbohydrate. That's just one of them. That would be your bread, rice, pasta, quinoa, starchy vegetables like potatoes, butternut squash. Second grouping that counts as a carb is your fruit and fruit juice, like your apples, oranges, berries. The third one, this is the surprise, it's milk and yogurt. Everything from whole milk to skim is a carbohydrate. It's just the fat that changes. It's all 12 grams of carbohydrate. And so even conventional yogurts are very high in carbohydrate. And then the fourth one, I just lock into sweets and gummies and cakes and candy. So then our next one is, oops, I lost my place. We have three that I count as non-starchy vegetables. And that would be First off, your protein, which are non-starchy vegetables, forgive me, would be your non-carbohydrate foods, which would be protein like chicken and beef and veal and pork and um, non-starchy vegetables. I actually quantify because I want people eating vegetables as um, non-starchy vegetables like broccoli, cauliflower, asparagus, hearts of palm, celery, lettuce, tomato, even carrots. That's really negligible in carbohydrate. And then finally your fats, that can be butter, margarine, nuts, avocado. So basically what I want you to take from what I just said is we have four groups that count as your carbohydrate. So we've got starch, fruit and fruit juice, we've got milk and yogurt, and then all the sweets and gummies. And then we have three that really don't, protein, fats, and then your non-starchy vegetables. Okay, so why is a carb a carb? Well, because carb end result is sugar. So this is where I'm going to give you some information, just a little bit of science-y stuff, because I love science, and then help you to better understand why it is a carbohydrate. So sugar in starch is called maltose. And the way I remember maltose, ose is the science word for sugar, malt I remember like malt, beer, hops, wheat. I have to kind of attach to something else. So maltose is the starchy sugar. I just want you to know ose right now. So fruit and fruit juice, I bet you already know this one. That's fructose, so that's fruit sugar. Then we have milk and yogurt. And this is the one people know, lactose. Lactose intolerant means I don't do well with the milk sugars. And then we have our sweets and desserts. And this is just fodder for, that's fructose and sucrose, which is cane sugar. 
So what happens is when you eat a starch, like you take a croissant out here and you put it in your mouth, once it's in your mouth, it's going to break down into maltose, two syllables, maltose. So then when you eat an apple, once it passes your mouth, it's going to break down into the fruit sugar called fructose, two syllables. Once we eat yogurt, it put it in your mouth, it's going to break down into lactose, milk sugar. Okay, so all three of those, those all those sugars that end in two syllables, they break down into, they're too big. Our body doesn't, can't do anything with it yet. It's, it's just, it's, it's like trying to get a square into a round peg or around into a circle. Anyway, we'll keep going. So all three of those sugars, maltose, fructose, and lactose, they break down into a smaller sugar, the one we had to drink when we were pregnant called glucose. Okay. So it's basically that those Bigger sugars, maltose, fructose, lactose are just too big to break down into your bloodstream. And so the body wants to break it down into something smaller so it can get into your bloodstream. It's called glucose. And you know what, whether you know that or not, it's still happening inside your body. But I just want you to understand a cookie out here by the power of your amazing biology breaks down into glucose. Okay, so glucose is sugar. That's it. So all those four different types of carbohydrates, no matter what they were, they all ultimately will break down into sugar. And we can have a different conversation about different foods, have different conversations with ourselves, but we just, it gets down into sugar. Okay. So when some people say that they don't eat carbs, what they're really telling me is they don't eat starch. So they think no bread equals zero carb. When really watermelon's a carb, blueberries a carb, a yogurt parfait is a pure carb, milk in your latte is a carb. It still breaks down into sugar, which, break, which is a carbohydrate. But what happens when we eat carbs? This is the part I need you to hear. Carbs are necessary for your body to function. Carbs fuel all the voluntary, that's me moving my hands, standing, sitting, moving, and it fuels all your involuntary. That's the stuff you don't even think about, your central nervous system. It's thinking, digesting, going to the bathroom, your heart beating. So carbs are fueling all of this. So without carbs, you would be weak, tired, cranky, shaky, the carbs are a necessary fuel, like gas is a necessary fuel for your car to go. Carbs fuel your brain. So for instance, before I got on this webinar today, I needed to have some carbs so that my brain had energy so that I could English this message to you. So we need carbohydrates in order for the body to function. So now I want you to think about a car and you think our car we're not going to use the electric car situation for right now. We're just going to go with gasoline cars. Your car needs fuel in order to go, right? And if you have the best car, aren't we going to want to put the best gas in it? Like not regular, you'd probably want to put premium in there. So the other part about the car though, with the gas tank is you don't put the gas in the back seat of the car. You only put in as much gasoline as the tank can hold. So you have to fuel your car with gasoline. You don't fuel it with water, right? So carbs are very similar in our body that they provide the energy that we need to live. And so what happens is just like gasoline that we store in our car to use later to go somewhere, our body wants to store these carbs for the future 
because it can't use it all at one time either, just like a car. So the body wants to store carbohydrates for future use, and it stores it in two places, the liver and the muscle. So whenever you eat carbohydrates, starch, fruit, milk, yogurt, it gets converted into glucose. Remember, that's that simple sugar that our body can use. Now, because our body is water and blood and wet inside, when that sugar attaches to the water, it turns into three syllables. It goes from being sugar, then it gets wet, so it becomes glycogen. And I think of that glycogen, like I think of gasoline. See, three syllables each, that's how you can remember it. So our body actually stores the glycogen. By the way, do you know when you eat more carbs than normal, you feel all bloated? It's because the carbs are attaching to water. In addition to potentially, like we learned before, an unhealthy micro gut microbiome. But anyway, glycogen is storage of energy for later. And like I said, we have two tanks, a muscle tank and a liver tank. So in our body, but think about the car. What happens if you put too much gas in there? I mean, if you like fill up your tank and you're at Costco and you're like pumping the thing, trying to put extra gas in there, you don't put extra and top off because what's going to happen? It's going to like totally spill out onto the floor of Costco and you're going to get in trouble at the gas station. Well, your body is just like that. So I'm going to show you this. Let's pretend we are at the airport and you know what? I'm at my mom's house. I live in Atlanta and I'm up in Michigan freezing right now. And so I don't have my normal props, but we're just going to go with this. So we're at the airport and we're going to go and we're, we're going to a fun destination at the beach. And we got there early in the morning and we're going to start our morning off with a yogurt parfait. So here's my liver tank. And here's my muscle tank. And let's pretend just for the story that each tank can hold 80 grams of carbohydrate. Okay, so I'm going to go to Starbucks and I'm going to get a super healthy yogurt parfait. By the way, there's a difference between healthy food and healthy food for weight loss. Okay, so I got a yogurt parfait, which is perfectly healthy food. And let's pretend I had 30 grams of yogurt in my parfait of 30 grams carbohydrate. I'm just doing carbs for the story. And, and then it had some fruit and let's say it was a serving size of fruit. So it was 15 grams. And then it had um, 45 grams worth of granola. Okay, so this all totals up to 80 grams and it completely filled up my liver tank. Okay, so that's all right. Look, I still have another tank to go. So I'm on the airplane and um, they serve turkey sandwiches. I didn't eat the chips and the stuff. I just had the turkey sandwich on two pieces of wheat bread. So that was 30 grams of carbohydrate there. And then I still have room to fit in for later. And then I got to the hotel and they had a fat-free brownie when I checked in, I was kind of getting hungry again. So it's just a small one. I had the fat-free brownie. And then that night I was still feeling like eating kind of on point. So I just had a sushi roll and that was 45 grams of carbohydrate there. And then I had, um, let's see, I had a second sushi roll because I was really hungry. Well, look what happened. This first search, I filled up my second liver or my second tank completely, my muscle tank, but I had a second roll. So I had this extra 45 grams of carbohydrate that wouldn't fit into these two tanks. Well, our body is so amazing. Now our glycogen stores are limited, 
but this is extra and it's spilling out just like I spilled out over my gas tank and it sped onto the floor. Well, this spilled out in my body. I wish we could just pee this out, but we can't, you can't pee out glucose. Our body's amazing. It's all about preservation. It doesn't want to waste anything. It's thinking we have 45 extra grams here. I could store this. And in case we go into a famine, I'll have more for later. This is great. So we have a third tank. Any guesses what the third tank is? Body fat. We have an unlimited amount of body fat cells in our body. So anything extra converts into body fat. Even if they're fat-free carbs, cherries, skim milk, watermelon, any carb you eat gets stored as glycogen and becomes fat. And the fat cells are unlimited. And that's why you can keep getting fatter and fatter and fatter, even, which sounds so negative, I'm sorry about that, but it can, you can keep putting on all this weight, even though you're eating fat-free carbs. That's why that snack well generation thing really messed us up. I was born in 1972. I was all about snack well cookies. So carbs don't make you fat. What I want you to realize is carbs eaten in excess of what your body can store is what converts into body fat, even if the carb is fat free. And so that's the myth that carbs make you fat. They don't. It's just carbs eaten in excess that causes you to be gaining weight. So one of the things that I do in my community where I'm an expert in weight loss, especially over 40, but I work with women of all ages, is that I help them begin to understand the benefit of eating a high fiber diet rather than just a low carb diet because it's the quantity and the quality of the carbs that make you fat. So like somebody can work out really, really hard and go to spin class and spin class and spin class and they don't change shape, but at dinner, they're eating two cups of quinoa. And so when they go to spin class the next day, all they're doing is burning off the quinoa, never getting to the, um, body fat burning. So like I said before, with your car, you're always going to want to put in your nicest car, the premium gas and your body works that way too. It wants glucose or carbs first because it's the premium. But if the premium's not available, can you put regular in your car? Yes, because it'll still go. Well, if, if sugar is stored as glycogen in your body, it's always going to pick that for fuel first, always. But in the absence of that, your body will burn fat for fuel instead. So it's not no carb or it's more trying to look to a low net carb so that your body will use your alternate fuel source as fuel, which is your body fat. So remember your central nervous system still needs carbs. So you don't wanna go no carb, but if you're overeating carbs, either healthy ones, you're not going to be burning body fat. So that's where I go into talking about how do we do that? It's by increasing your fiber. The more fiber you have in foods, the lower the net carbs, because only net carb is what gets converted into glucose. So <clears throat> I'm feeling like I need to shut this down, but I want you to start beginning to think in terms of looking for foods that are higher in fiber, because fiber is what will lower your net carb so that you can keep those glycogen tanks a little bit lower. Fiber is fruits, vegetables, whole grains, and legumes, and fiber is a zero calorie part to a carbohydrate. And when it comes to losing weight, one of the parts that we struggle with is we might be over hungry. And when you get over hungry, that's very difficult to sustain. And fiber is something your body can't 
break down. It will help you to have weight loss without hunger, but it will also rub your metabolism because your body will burn more calories time to digest the fiber. So a couple of things, and I don't know if Jackie, if you can put this in the chat, you can go to carpenter180.com, carpenter, capital O-N-E, 80.com. And I have, it's called Sue's on Your Shoulder, and it's a daily audio soundbite that comes right to the text message of your phone. And it's three to four minutes long. And it's the first seven days are free. And you should definitely get that because I send out fiber lists and lots of little helpful tips to get started. Because this is a marathon, not a sprint. And if you love it, which I think you will, it's $25 a month. But no matter what, get the seven free days because there's resources coming your way like crazy. Oh, you can have raw or cooked vegetables, either one. They're both great for fiber sources. And then I also do small group coaching because this is just one of the conversations of what do I do to lose weight? What groceries do I pull in? But I actually help with, this is the amount that your body needs to lose weight but I help you to learn how to factor in your favorite foods so that you can have weight loss without hunger and without giving up favorite foods because we have to be both physically and emotionally satisfied while we're losing weight, but we have to have a different conversation of how do we maintain the weight once it's lost. So it's really about beginning to have a different relationship with food and looking at lifestyle factors and how this pulls into your life when you're traveling, holidays, special events, stressed, overwhelmed, all the different feelings that go with that. But with the small group coaching, I do have a 20 minute free consultation call where you can ask me questions and um, I can try and help you further with this journey. So I really would love a chance to see your faces and get to know you a little bit better, but I'm so grateful to you for playing with me in the early parts of this presentation. Um, so that's, that's that. I think I filled up my time really quick, Jackie. Thank you so much for letting me teach on this subject. I think it matters so much to debunk some of these myths. Thank you so much for being here with us. We do have a few questions in the chat if you have a moment to ask them. And I think they're good ones about breakfast when your sugar is high and you're a diabetic and also um, eating raw or cooked vegetables. So I'll let our audience members keep adding any more questions in the chat. And I also added the links for both Productive for your um, event coming up and Sue's for your website. And for attendees, um, we really could have kept going for a couple of hours on these topics. I think you can see the magic of the top five tips that we got from Projecta. One of them was the 70% plant-based. And you can see where um, some of the carbs and the fructose and, and some of the plant-based foods come together there and then connect that to Sue's conversation about carbs. And carbs are not our enemy. Uh, this was a very great lesson because even I myself went through a period where I didn't realize I was hypoglycemic for months, right? And, and so uh, what that does to you. And so how do you connect those top five tips, including the plant-based one and the right number of carbs we should be eating for our, our weight, our goals and our health goals in general and bringing that conversation together. So I thank you both for being a part of today's event and for our audience members, uh, definitely feel free to put some more questions in the chat. I know we're over on time, so I just want you to know that we're gonna follow up with an email with these links and additional information. We also have two great podcast episodes, one with Projecta, one with Suze. And in those, we go more, we dig a little deeper into some of these topics. So you'll be able to also hear that and we'll put the links 
in the email. But um, I don't know if you have any final words uh, for our audience members. If you want to stick around for a few more minutes after we uh, close up, that's fine too. But thank you again, Suze, for talking that we, we have lots of thank yous and this was very, very beneficial comments in the chat. We really do thank you for bringing this information to all of us in a way that's easy for us to break it down and use it. It's We can use this information. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for having me. Thank you, ladies. And to all of you, Thank have you. a wonderful weekend.